Hey, I got a great, a great pleasure for you this morning, which is that for the first time in this pulpit, we have a new speaker. Uh, I reckon my theory is that um, jo- I don't know if you've noticed that Jordan's not playing music this morning. It's possibly the first time in like 45 years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I've already established I'm bad with age, Jordan. Yeah, so. <clears throat> I reckon uh, Jordan just got rostered off today and someone saw the roster and thought, Jordan's not on. Well, we don't want to give him the week off. We'll get him to preach. Um, and, so, and that's a good thing because I know we can expect wonderful things. But Jordan's our music director, keyboard extraordinaire. He's on the key leaders team, he's on the board. He does a million other things. Um, but he also is the heart behind the worship that we have in this church. And so with that in mind, would you just join with me in appreciating him and welcoming him to the stage as he brings the word. Thank you, thank you, thank you band, you guys rocked it today, so proud of you guys. You know, being the music director, one of the most awesome things is seeing people come up and grow and do amazing things and I just, I love it. I'm so honoured and proud to lead such a wonderful team who leads you wonderful people in praise and worship, I love it. Um, But the thing is that often, look, you might, there's this running joke between Pastor Chris and I, that he's always surprised that I got the job because he always remembers when I was younger and I could not clap in time and I had no sense of rhythm and I was terrible. But, you know, like, thankfully that's not really a God's requirement. Um, And I'd, I'd like to think that I've gotten better as well over time. So... But as Brendan said, as the music director, a big part of what I do is basically listen to a lot of music. Uh, I'm... What I'm doing is I'm I'm sourcing songs and I'm ensuring that the songs we're doing here suit the direction and the vision of the church, that they're theologically sound, that our sound is relevant and you know we sound good. And that also means you know we have a balance of C3 songs because that's our culture, that's who we are, but that we also do songs from other great places like Bethel or Hillsong or Elevation that speak to the body of Christ. It's so good. But because I listen to so much music, there's often times where I know a song and I'll just assume everyone else does and it's often not the case. Um, and this usually comes out when I do terrible like word song associations, like people say a word and a song will pop into my head and I'll just be like, yeah, and just crickets. And it's, it's, it's one of the weirdest things I do, I think. Um, but if so, if I sing today, sorry, uh, it's going to happen. But on the plus side, then if you need a song to suit a particular need or a theme, I've probably got one, so, or I can probably find it easily. Um, But, you know, I also love being music director because I love music. It's such a big part of who I am. But the thing I find that music in church often sometimes gets boiled down to, um, it's it's the three songs we do on a Sunday morning. It's the two fast and one slow. Um, And it's the two fast songs are the praise songs and the slow song is the worship song. Praise and worship, done. But it's actually much deeper than that. You know, music is a tool that we use, but it's a gateway to the condition of our heart. And so praise, which is what I'm going to talk about today, is so much more than just two fast songs on a Sunday. 
I want to talk to you about how you can use praise in your life to shift your heart in whatever circumstances you find yourself in. Now, maybe you know what it feels like to be overwhelmed by your problems and you don't know how God's going to fit into that picture. So I want to show you how you can use praise in those situations to cause a shift. Because we've all been there. We've all been there where things have gone wrong. We've seen injustice in the world or just things don't go to plan. Like this week, that happened. I, I work in media, so I deal a lot with media companies. I was supposed to be going to Sydney to see this presentation of you know everything that was coming up for the year and it was going to be exciting and I was going to catch up with friends and do all of this stuff and we did the right thing. We got to the airport early and then got to about the time when we should have been boarding and it was, oh, we're not boarding yet. Okay. So then just waiting around and then the pilot comes out, which is something I don't think I've ever seen. <laughs> And he, he's like, so guys, there's a warning light came on. Uh, and I'm like, great, yep, good. Please don't do what I do when I'm driving. I'm like, the light's on, it's fine. Um, <laughs> so they, they, they were checking out whatever the problem was. I don't even pretend to know what they were talking about. But then they came back and they, about 15 minutes later, they were like, okay, we've got it fixed. It's working Cool. So we all boarded the plane. You do the shuffle down the aisles of the people who've gone up the wrong stairs and all of that. Then we finally taxied onto the runway. We're waiting around. Then the captain comes over the last week. It's like, ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. Uh, there's been a warning light. Come on again. It could be one of a few things. Uh, we don't have the part to fix it here in Adelaide, so we're going to have to take you back. And so then we all had to disembark the plane and wait around a bit more. Then they finally sourced another plane, which I don't understand how they were just like, we've got another plane lying around, you can get on. But it turns out that talking to the people in Sydney where we were going for the presentation, by the time we got there and then dealt with Sydney traffic, uh, we would have completely missed the presentation. So it turns out that we completely missed it. And so now I guess I just get to read about it, which is fine, I guess. But what's interesting is that last year, something similar happened where it was in Melbourne. We actually got there, but then on the way back, there was some miscommunication with timings and with travel time and we missed our flight on the way back. So then we had to waste more time in Melbourne before coming back. And it's very easy to, in those situations to go, is it me? You know, is it me, God? Because, you know, stuff like this happens all the time and people go and come back and travel and it's all fine. But all of a sudden, the two times I've been, there's been major issues. And so you, you can start to go, is there, is there something wrong with me? Why God, why? So, I mean, this is such a small example of a problem that can happen in your life. It's not a big deal really. But if you've already had other things go wrong that day or that week, sometimes it can be, you know, the straw that breaks the camel's back. It's what causes you to break down. But it could also be, you know, there could be bigger things happening in your life. You could lose a loved one. You could miss out on a job or a promotion. You could get sick. You could have a friendship breakdown. It could be absolutely anything. And in these situations, we can sort of respond usually one of two ways. You, some people will just completely ignore any of those feelings of like anger or hurt or pain and think that has nothing to do with my relationship with God. And other people will have those feelings and accept them as reality and they will become directed by their feelings. 
Like a really simple example of this, it could be that, you know, you saw Pastor Chris in the cafe this morning and you said hello and he ignored you. So you're just, well, he, he obviously doesn't like me. He thinks I'm useless. You know, you could, you could go down this rabbit hole of all these reasons why he didn't say hello. But it could have just been that he was watching his grandson, James, and James was running outside and he wanted to make sure he didn't run onto the road. You know, sometimes you can live in those those feelings and make it a reality which doesn't exist at all. And our, so then our reaction based on what we're feeling, it can be we can either focus on the problem that's happening and try and find a solution, we're going to fix it, or we can work out even better how God's going to fix it. Let's work out what God's going to do to fix it because, yeah, we should be telling him how he's going to do it. <laughs> Or sometimes we might just spend time crying out to God about the injustice of it all. You know, why me? Singing the unofficial Australian anthem of Shannon Knowles, What About Me? It isn't fair. We might even get desperate enough to ask God to help us and intervene. <sighs> Doesn't happen too often, but you know. But in all of this, there's often a really important step that we can so easily miss. And so let's look at some examples of that. So in Psalm 13, in verses 1 to 2, this is David speaking. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Clearly, David's having a bad situation. He's crying out to God, who appears to have forgotten him, and who's hiding his face from him. His enemies are winning. So what does David do? He cries out to God, but then he starts to cry out for help. He's, he's, he's getting it. Verses 3. Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes, or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him, and my foes will rejoice when I fall. So he asked God to do something about it here. He asked God to give light to his eyes. Now, David was a lot of things. In this situation, he displayed some really good wisdom to know that even though he was feeling these feelings of, you know, that God had abandoned him, that he knew it wasn't reality. So what he did, he knew that his vision was clouded and dark. So what he cried out to God to give him light for his eyes, because he was saying, God, help me see what's really going on here. And this is, this is what we should pray. We should pray. God, like, am I, is this situation in, I'm in and what I'm seeing, is it the truth or is it a warped reality from what we're feeling? But then here's the exciting bit. It doesn't end there. Even in all of that, in verse five, he says, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. How good is that? He says, my heart rejoices. So he's still addressing feelings, but it was him directing his feelings, not instead of having his feelings direct him. In the New King James Version, he says, my heart shall rejoice in your salvation. It's even more obviously saying, do this. And then in the Passion Translation, I love it as well. It says, I will yet celebrate with passion and joy. That's, that's what it's about. It's about telling yourself to do it. <laughs> But this, this happens a lot in Psalms. They often go on this journey. They start with this pain and the confusion and anger about what's happening and how terrible it is. And scholars call these Psalms of lament. What a lovely, friendly sounding term for what it is. 
But what they do is they express intense emotions, real human struggles, and the anguish of the heart experienced by the people of Israel as they lived out their faith. Now, just for a bit of context, there are 150 psalms, if you didn't know. 58 of those are considered psalms of lament. It's over a third. It's a lot. But the thing is, psalms is one of those books that you're supposed to read and reread and reflect on. And so the fact that there are so many psalms of lament tells us that actually crying out to God in response to the evil we see in the world is an appropriate response. But like these psalms, we need to not end there, but actually move on the journey from lamenting to praise. Because after David complained about his problem, he asked God for help and to do something about it. Then he did the most important thing when he finished with praise. He thanked God for his nature and the promise that he will be his salvation. Praise is joy and celebration. Praise thanks God for who he is, what he's done, is doing and will do again. And praise draws attention to what's good in the world. He is a fantastic example. It's probably one a lot of people will know and recognize. Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. It's good. It's declaring the goodness of God. It's declaring who he is, our creator who loves us. It's declaring his promise over your life that we are his sheep and he will watch over us. It's telling us to give him thanks and to praise his name. It's telling us about his character, that he is good, so we can expect good things from him, that his love lasts forever. It's telling us about his faithfulness, that his promises are worth listening to. So as we go on this journey from lament to praise, it actually teaches us about the nature of what prayer is. That as we hope and we wait for the kingdom of heaven to come, there's going to be some tension in your lives. That as we look out at the world around us, and even in our own lives, there's going to be pain and suffering and anguish and things going wrong. But Psalms teaches us not to ignore the pain in our lives or be ruled by our feelings. The challenge is to look around and not focus on what's happening, but focus on God. Because our faith is future focused, we can praise in the now, declaring what God has done in the past as we look forward to the future. But, sorry to tell you, it actually takes faith and courage to do that. Because we have to trust that God is who he says he is and that he'll do what he said he's going to do. And that's why to praise is actually a decision we have to make. And I love that Brendan talked about reminding because there are so many reminders in the Bible to praise. There are many that, for example, you have to tell yourself. So Psalm 13, 6, it says, I will sing the Lord's praise for he's been good to me. 42.11, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my saviour and my God. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. These are just three examples of David instructing himself to praise, reminding himself. 
he's he's having to lead himself because he wrote almost half of the Psalms, so you think he'd know what he's doing. You know, he defeated Goliath and did all these wonderful things, but even he still has to remind himself to praise. So that's something that I think we need to take on to go, actually, no, Jordan, remember, praise, remember, praise. But what it also tells us is that it's a decision that we have to make ourselves. You have to direct yourself. You have to say, I will praise. Someone else can't do it for you. You need to engage your spirit. It can't just be empty words saying, praise the Lord. You've got to stir it up. It's something that you have to do. You have to make the decision to praise. Because in Isaiah 61, which is another great verse, it talks about praise being a garment. In verse 3, And provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. So a garment, it's a piece of clothing. It's something you have to choose to put on, but then you also have to put it on. Like if you're cold and you need a jacket and I give you one, and you don't put it on, it doesn't actually help. It doesn't do anything. You're just like, cool, I've got a jacket. Great. If you're not wearing it, it's not helping. So this is where it gets hard because you have to choose to put it on, then you have to put it on. Otherwise, there's not going to be a shift in your heart. But the thing about praise is that so often I think we can get distracted by thinking about, you know, it's, it's our response when God answers prayers. You know, when, when it's happened, then I'll praise him. Or we think of that it's, it's a feeling or an emotion, you know, I feel so happy at the moment, so I will praise God because my life is all right. Or, we th- you know, it doesn't just randomly come upon you. It's not just all of a sudden, I feel blessed, so praise the Lord. You know, it's not just like a random punctuation. It's not something you can just experience. Oh, I'm feeling really close to God right now, so I'm going to praise him. And it's not something you can rely on someone else for. You know, it can't be, oh, I couldn't praise this morning because the band didn't play the song I like. Or, <laughs> sorry, my, that, that might have been something else coming out there. That... <laughs> but the thing is, the Passion Translation actually calls it, instead of a garment of praise, it calls it the mantle of joyous praise. And I love that because a mantle is a cape. And I think that's a great way of thinking about it because who wears capes? Superheroes. They come in and save the day. So, and we have the best superhero on our side, I think. So I think it's something that we can remember to go, you know, I'm going to put on my cape. Going to go, maybe keep your underwear on the inside though. But as I said, like so often we think, I'll just wait till I've got no problems or I've only got minor problems or, you know, everything's all solved and good before I praise the Lord because he's fixed it now so I can praise him. But the thing is that actually praising is problem solving because it gets your focus on God, who is the problem solver. We think we need to battle it out before we can praise. You know, I need to just like push through and then I'll praise. But praise says, I believe my God is the answer to my situation. So when we're facing problems or it could be a challenge, a struggle, it could be disappointment, pain, anger, confusion, bitterness, hurt, I could go on, but I didn't write anything else down. (laughs) We need to choose in that moment to praise God. Because when we praise, we put our problems into the context of God's promise. 
think I need to say that again. When we praise, we put our problems into the context of God's promise. Because when we're praised, we're thanking him for his attributes, for who he is, for his power, his love, his grace, his goodness, his favor, his guidance. And then we also thank him for his acts, for what he's done. We recall his goodness to us and his promises. Now, here's where I do a little bit of semi-backpedaling, because I know I said that praise isn't music, or it's more than just music. But music is one of the most powerful tools that we have for changing the condition of our heart. It's probably the easiest way to get your spirit engaged, because when we sing and we declare the promises of God and his character, that is when situations begin to change. What it is, is that we're actively engaging our faith by declaring his praise before we've seen the results. So it doesn't have to be anything super amazing. It can be as simple as a few months ago, I was having probably one of the worst days at work I've had in a long time. I was feeling anxious and overwhelmed and there was, there was no light at the end of the tunnel. So all I did was I put on headphones, I put on some praise and worship music, and I went for a walk. And as I walked, I prayed kind of quietly slash in my head because I didn't want to be a crazy person walking around the streets shouting. Um, and all I did was I said, God, I can't handle this. It's too much and I need you. Come and ease this burden. Show me how I can make it through. I know you love me and you want the best for me. Your word says you give strength to the weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Thank you for your promises to me. Thank you that you love me. Now that was probably more than you have to do, but... That scripture in Isaiah is one that's on my heart and it's always on my heart. And so that's the one that I turn to. But as I walked and as I prayed that, I felt this incredible sense of peace come over me. Sure, I went back into work and it wasn't all fixed. There wasn't a solution. It was just, oh yes, oh, you can go home. We've done all the work. That, wasn't, that didn't happen. But what happened was that there was a shift in my heart and it was how I was responding and I know that we can't always take that time out. You don't always have the option to step out of a situation and go and do some praise, which is why I think we need to make it part of our lifestyle. So I'd mostly do it now, often when I'm driving to work, because I know that's when I'm going to need it the most. And I'm sure the people around me think I'm crazy because I'm sitting there driving and I'm, you know, belting out songs and, you know, be driving. I'm like, gone, gone. Now my sin is dead and gone. And they're like, what's going on in that car? <laughs> but I don't really notice and I don't really care because at that moment, my focus is on God and making sure that my heart is aligned with his heart and his reality. So what I want to do is I want us to do a bit of that today. We're going to praise God, declare his goodness over our lives, his character and his promises to us. And I believe that as we do that, you will see a shift in your circumstances, in your heart condition. So if I can get the band up, um, and may as well get everyone else to stand. Get, get yourselves ready, get warmed up, shake out those 
But before we do that, I don't know everyone here or the state of everyone's heart. So what I want to do is give an opportunity to everyone that if you don't have a personal relationship with God, if you can't recall His goodness to you, if you can't have faith in His character because you don't know Him, and if this is something you've never had or something you've never known before, but you've lost. So what I'm going to do next is I'm going to ask everyone to close their eyes. And if you are that person who doesn't have that relationship and you want to have it, you want to know this God who has these promises for you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And this is only because I want to know who I'm praying with. Then we'll all say a prayer together. And if you put up your hand, I'll ask that you come at the end of the service and come and talk to me or there'll be people here praying and you can come and let them know the decision you've made because we'd love to talk about it more with you and give you a Bible and teach you about how to walk in faith. So if everyone can close their eyes. So if you are someone here today who doesn't have a relationship with God and you want to make that decision to turn towards Him, just ask that you raise your hand now. Awesome, awesome. Let's pray. If you can just repeat after me. God, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything that I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. So... What we're going to do now is we're going to put on our capes. We're going to put on our garment of praise. Whatever your situation, let's all agree that we're going to do it together. We're going to come together as one. Let's get direct our hearts and engage our spirit, and we're going to praise Him. We're going to enter a time of praise where there's going to be joy and celebration. Dancing is okay. <laughs> and we're going to declare the goodness of God and His promises over our lives. All right, thanks. Take it away, band. <laughs>